Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Podcast. Today, we continue our three-part series from the 2021 LCMC Annual Gathering that happened in Hilliard, Ohio, October 3rd through the 6th. We were able to go out there and listen to some great speakers, uh, join some great breakout sessions, and network with a lot of wonderful people within Lutheran congregations in Mission for Christ. And so while we were out there, we were able to sit down with some people and record some interviews that we are using for this three-part series. This is part two. And for part two, we were able to visit with Pastor John Nelson of Hosanna Lutheran Church in St. Charles, Illinois, as well as Pastor Paul Finley of King of Glory Lutheran in Tempe, Arizona. So without further ado, here is Pastor John Nelson. All right, well, we are back here uh, at the 2021 LCMC Annual Gathering, and this is the that unofficial podcast of the LCMC. It is annual the unofficial. Gathering. The unofficial. We'll teach them. We'll take it by force. <laughs> <laughs> so I am here with uh, Jen Kaminsky-Horak, Pastor Paul Cross, and uh, Pastor John Nelson from Hosanna Lutheran Church, in, in it's it's going to be with you. I think it's going to make it rather official now. St. Oh. Charles. St. <laughs> Charles, Illinois. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, John, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Hosanna. I am, um, one, a unique thing about me is I came to this church many years ago. Mm-hmm. I came as the assistant pastor to, to work with the youth and their families, and I came, became associate pastor, and then I became senior pastor, and I'm working my way up to the... Uh, secretarial position so but um, <laughs> I'm not done yet I'm kind of make my way so I, I came when the church was smaller and now it became larger you know I, I, had a, I had a church in the area recently asked me if I would consider uh, being a pastor of the church because don't I want to serve a small church before I retire and I mm-hmm. and I said well that's some years off but um, I did serve a small church mm-hmm. in the beginning but we just grew and uh, I have a heart for um, serving, as I call them, the least lost and last, the least of the people who are without. The, the um, lost, as you know, are like the lost sheep, and those who don't have a church home or don't have Jesus Christ in the heart and life. Mm-hmm. And the last, the pe- people who are marginalized, the people who, who sometimes don't have a place to go because they feel either ashamed or they don't know how people are going to respond, you know, like if... Uh, they had a miscarriage or someone's a widow and they're still grieving after five years and there's still pain in their heart and they're afraid of what people might say so so at least last and last and I think for Hosanna it's um, since I've in my um, 36th year there now I think that um, that has sprinkled upon them and and our our heart is for serving in in particular uh, children who are hurting so okay now, John, I've known you for a long time. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, one of the ways we first met, I think, was at Okaboji, uh, your yep. connection to Okaboji Lutheran Bible Camp. Uh, you more as a camper there, but you've done speaking there too. No, I haven't. Well, I have, I've, I've um, had a kind of place in my heart to do a pre-retirement retreat for pastors and spouses. Tell us, that's what I wanted to get at. Tell us a little yeah. about the pre-retirement retreat. Yeah, Talk so to me about that. Yeah, so I serve on the investment committee for the LCMC 403B9. Mm-hmm. And 
um, I don't ever see names of people, but I can, I ask for all these graphs and charts and things, and I can see that there's going to be a chunk of pastors retiring in the next five to ten years, and in that, I, well, you're not required to be in the LCMC plan, you can kind of begin to have a sense and a taste that there's, um, people need to step up, A, in their savings, mm -hmm. And then B, kind of really reformulate in their mind what does that retirement mean? And what's their, what's their next calling after they retire from full-time ministry in the church? So uh, Tom Lewing comes and helps speak and, um, about the finances. And we have um, uh, Perry Freeling come speak about transition for pastors. And then I have uh, Tim and Cindy White come and talk because they are now retired from ministry and kind of talk about what that's like from a heart perspective and the way I put this together is I contacted all the L retired LCMC pastors and I said what do you know now that you wish you knew before you retired mm -hmm. and based upon their answers that's how I formulated the retreat. You know, John one of the things I really appreciate about you is you have a heart for the mission of the church it's very clear yeah. uh, and there's no question that retirement really not necessarily in your in your uh, vision but you do care about pastors that and that haven't I planned do. well. Right here before you've got uh, a couple of young people here. You've got some couple guys in their forties, a uh, young woman in her in her twenties. What what would be the advice that you would give to them as they're kind of uh, uh, obviously they have to sort of balance things. Uh, the church isn't known for overpaying people, uh, uh, but uh, uh, help help them with some stuff. What, what would you say to them in terms of those sort of things? Yeah, I think at this point, whatever you can sacrifice. And sacrifice is not a word that we sometimes use in our lives. We talk about the sacrifice of Christ, but we don't use it in our own life. And so we don't kind of reformulate where we think we can pull just $25 extra per month. And it's really getting into the habit of it. So it's kind of like when you're, a, when you're a tither or become a tither. You just get that in the habit of your life, and you just it's just easy because that's how, where it is. And I think the same is true about uh, investing for your retirement that you just get into the habit of doing it. But it has to begin with something. And and the LCMC plan is set up so you can invest a dollar a month if you want to, Just it, it's, but it's the habit. So maybe at the church where you're serving, maybe you get a raise. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not as much as you really wanted it to be, but you get a raise. And of that raise, before you think about it and spending it off to something else, you can think, you know, I need to up, the amount of uh, percentage or dollar value that you're putting away. For our kids, they, um, we have been matching their, um, their Roth accounts. Whatever, whatever money they earn, my wife and I have basically been given to them so they can put it into a Roth account. Mm -hmm. And I know not every, not every um, family can do that. But we want them to get into the clear pattern of knowing that this is what you do. Yeah. So much so now than as my daughter is a teacher, she is now saying, Dad, this is how much I want to put in my Roth this year on my own. And so it's begun to be a, a, a pattern of her life. And it's, I think the most significant piece of that is just just the rhythm of putting it in and just keeps going in. And you, you, it's a piece. You, once it's in there, you hardly think about it until it's right. time to do that. All right, um, you bet. Now, um, yeah. At Hosanna, that's a great church. It's grown tremendously over the, your leadership over the years. Uh, what's been the 
the most surprising positive thing in the last 18 months? What's been the thing that sort of surprised you about ministry in the last 18 months in a you positive mean, way? You mean these 18 months where it's kind of like a like a, a quiz at the end that you have 35 years of ministry, then you have a quiz, <laughs> and it's called. And there was no seminary class. It's like a test. You didn't tell me there was going to be a test, but now there's a test. <laughs> yeah, kind of that type of stuff. Yeah, that. Just yeah, like, yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, John. yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'm I've been surprised first of all I've been surprised by the way that people have reacted to this mm -hmm. somehow as I, I just kind of delineate and say the people who've faced crisis in their life and have made it through it they've been they've handled this for mm -hmm. this crisis far better mm -hmm. and the ones that have not have really struggled with this because they don't know how to find their way out mm -hmm. um, the biggest joy I have out of it is that I've seen so many people come to faith in Jesus Christ and also seeing people grow in faith in Jesus Christ. So it's gone far from a, um, I've always personally loved it when people go from being religious to being believers. So to go from just being, I, well, my parents went to this church, so now I've gone to this church. But when, they've, when they when their, their heart has become alive for Christ, that's always been the greatest joy I have. And um, I say that I have a front row seat of watching God at work in the world. I don't know where everyone else sits. Sometimes people do sit in the back row. I don't know why. But, you know, I have a front row seat watching it and having the span of time that I've been there, being able to see generational change in families. And so as we asked the question about do you see um, um, do you see in lives being transformed by Jesus Christ? Absolutely. And I see it in families, and I see it move, moving as the Holy Spirit would move. But... I think in the last 18 years, probably to answer your question again, but is um, I've I've just been it's been a joy to watch the Lord be at work. It's, it has been so I've made it through other crises in my life, and I'm not going to get into this. But people said this has got to be the worst year of your ministry, and I just say. Oh no, that was 1991. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you just got to just got to keep things in perspective, you know. <laughs> so no, it has not been the worst year, and and we have kind of you know we have to kind of relearn ourselves mm -hmm. as the congregation learns different ways to do things. We're, you know, we have to uphold and say whether we're lifelong learners or not. Mm -hmm. And this has been a great test mm -hmm. of whether or not we've been lifelong learners. Mm -hmm. Can we? Do we stall out? Do we stop? Is that it? Or do we are we lifelong learners? And and this is perhaps not the same thing. I mean, I, I have a doctorate in pastoral leadership, but this is a different scope, mm -hmm. you know. And man, how much we need those tech people. So mm -hmm. absolute yeah. skills that you have, that uh, the necessity that you've known all along that the church needed. But boy, do we know now from the the bottom of our heart and from the gut of who we are that we absolutely need tech folks so yeah there was no so. class in seminary on tech stuff was no there, John? no i was <laughs> i think I, you know yeah i learned how to type before selectrix came out so <laughs> <laughs> for those who are listening to us and don't know what an ibm selectric typewriter is or what a typewriter is for that matter <laughs> yeah you bet you bet yeah. you know i owned a selectric model one that was built one month before the sainted mrs cross was born it was it was built in july of 1963 yeah. i took I, I hauled that to seminary with me yeah, yeah. and the p yeah, key didn't work yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. 
but we're, st- we're still going, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, I have a question. Uh, how many forearm tattoos do you have? None. <laughs> None. Zero. That's another one. Another senior pastor without a forearm tattoo. How many are we up to now? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe Just one. Maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we were comment that. Well, Ryan, go ahead and share it with John. Well, what I've been noticing over the last couple of days here is that there's a lot of pastors with inner forearm tattoos of various types. I'm way too much of a wimp to have that done. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? I am just a total wimp. Are you kidding me? We've got Paul's all planned out for him, though. They do. Yeah. They they have it planned for mine. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I've not consented to it, mind you. But they have it planned. It may happen while I'm somehow incapacitated. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I don't know how what they're planning on yeah. doing that. The only question left is what sort of uh, typography we're going to use. Yes. Yeah. Give the staff a raise. (laughs) Give the staff a raise. (laughs) (laughs) Or we'll tattoo your forehead. (laughs) Every morning you wake up to give the staff a raise. (laughs) That's great. Write that one down, Jen. We might have to change what we were going to do. Yeah. That's funny. So, so how yeah. uh, how are you enjoying the gathering here? How's I like it. You know, I thought yesterday was a power day, and today is a relationship day. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I thought of it as because we had, you know, voted on who was going to be your um, mm-hmm. board of trustee person for the next year, and then um, some things we did is in Illinois Fellowship, and I help oversee. So, and yep. So fellowship, is that, there's districts and fellowships. Is that what I heard yesterday? Right. right. So this is the way I define it. There's probably a better way to say it. But districts are, are uh, is the organization of, ch- organization of churches where you as a congregation or a pastor um, want, say you want to be a part of it. You say, you take an action or you say, I like to be a part of this district. You take action for it. Fellowship happens because... Uh, for us in Illinois, you happen to be a pastor in Illinois, you're in the Illinois Fellowship. You just happen to be on the border of Illinois. So, And um, what we, we've specifically designed ourselves as is as a, as a group of people to care and support one another. So um, as we, we do that by having, um, we have three times we get together in each other's churches, so we know as we're praying for each other, we know each other's setting, and have a, as we have conversation, how is it like to be in Princeton, which I wouldn't nat- naturally know, or or mm-hmm. Quincy or Peoria or wherever it might be, then um, I can know better that person's setting, and also know how far it is, you know, drive time to go see them if that's the the need, and then also. Um, so we have three of those per year, and then we also have retreats, so we have something at a at someone's um, cabin up in northwest uh, Illinois. It's not my member. It's another, mean, it's, it's not, it's another church's Northwest Illinois, member. you mean Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But up, up near Galena area. And uh, they offer their, their cabin that sleeps 17 for us to go up there and hang out at. But um, And uh, so we, we just try and intentionally get together. We got together at um, Star Rock for uh, for a conversation and Perry joined us and we had had a meal together and talked some more. So um, it's Perry Freeling, right? Yeah, Perry Freeling. Yep. So we enjoyed him and uh, so we, we just try to have intentional ways to get together and build the bond between us and conversations that happen and 
10 networks and all those things. Um, we're not really in, we haven't really organized in any w uh, formula way f um, to say, let's raise funds for a mission church or let's, you know, we're, we're going to do it together. But I think that we've really developed a, um, a sense of uh, connectedness to support each other. And that has seemed to be really fruitful uh, for people that they have been able to have that time and that space and people they trust and all those good things. So. Did you have a question, Jen? I do. I am wondering how many years have you been coming to this annual gathering, John? Well, we we joined in in 2009. Okay. And, but I would say in, I have not always been to every one of them. My wife, Martha, is also a pastor, and she's a pastor of a small oh. church um, about 40-minute drive west of us. And she was on the board. She was a trustee member for seven years, so. So I was a trustee spouse, but the, uh, <laughs> right, right. So, uh, but the, um, so I was the one who stayed home, tend to care for the kids and things and encouraged her on her, in her way of serving. But, um, but when I come, I enjoy them a lot. And then I just kind of, it reminds me of how many people I know and where, where we, you know, where we connect with each other, whether it's in these, these places and spaces or, Okaboji Bible Camp out there, you know, where it might be and um, where we see each other at different places. I just talked to a guy by the name of Joel, and I said, Joel, remind me where I ran into you one time. And this was so bad because he said, you came to my church to speak. <laughs> I was like, well, you look different now than yeah. you were when I came to your church oh to speak. God, so, but, but, um, so, we yeah, so, so we have enough. Um, so there's like the, this is the center place where everyone comes together, but then we have enough different circles where we get together mm -hmm. and, and um, um, Hosanna hosts the uh, district and fellowship m meeting every June and um, so there's some more people I, I meet there in the pre-retirement retreat and the investment review team and it just it just kind of goes down the line and there's lots of spaces places and spaces mm -hmm. to serve if you wish to that's been fun to watch how many people just like know each other and just watching people you know visit and obviously talking with people too but it's fun you, you can tell like go way back all of these, yeah. these relationships which is yeah. just it's cool to yeah. see that well, even even some before the uh, EL, before the LCMC days and the other groups we were part of, you know, that we may have connected in those places and then we made the journey um, basically at the same time to the LCMC and so to support each other through that journey and to support each other now has been real, been very fruitful, so. Nice. Mm -hmm. So uh, beyond uh, supporting one another, uh, uh, it you know, visiting each other's congregations and, and being there to support one another. Do you collaborate with other churches in your district for other things like mission trips or, or uh, things like that? Yeah, not so much for mission trips. And the, the conversation that we're having right now is how can the larger churches help the smaller churches? Okay. So especially those churches that have just recently joined where, where they may not have the funding to um, call a pastor, mm -hmm. either a part-time or a full-time pastor, but they have a desire to have a pastor, a pastoral presence, or, or um, so it's their request coming out to us, and we're trying to have that conversation about how do we, for us, those churches who have um, multi-pastor sites, um, 
can we spring a pastor periodically to go and to serve them? So we're just trying to f figure that out with them. And, and I think somewhere between their requests and our ideas, maybe the two shall meet. Mm -hmm. But we're in that conversation right now. Um, we do have, when we have, go to each other's churches, we each um, do a program. Mm -hmm. So they're coming to Hosanna next on October 26th. And, and my whole theme for that is, is Pastor Appreciation Month. And I want to make sure that they, many of them will have likely not had any official appreciation expression towards them by that time. And there's just a few days left in October, so I just want to help them feel appreciated. John's real good about that, I might add. He's, 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 he's good to encourage pastors, and I, I know that that's a, a big thing on his heart. So I just, uh, uh, and yeah. it, it, it's great to have people like him around talking to other congregations because it's tough to tell, it's tough to say it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm really appreciative what John's yeah. work in that area. Yeah, sometimes I go to churches and they, I ask them the very simple question. What do you do to take care of your pastor and if the pastor's married spouse and if they have children children what what are you doing and quite often their answer is well we well we well we pay her or we pay him mm -hmm. and we give him five to six days off a year <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and uh, then they say to me well what do they do at hosanna i said i want you to finish this conversation before i overwhelm you with what they do at hosanna but I'm, I'm a pastor's kid grandparents are pastors you know the, you know how this story goes but mm -hmm. my dad was a secretary of the senate i can't quite remember for 23 26 years mm -hmm. he was a lawyer before before a pastor and so that's kind of how he used it and we always had the bishops into our parsonage and other people and i would listen to the stories i would never know who they were talking about but i would hear about ethics mm -hmm. and i would hear about pastors being beat up and I think that just sunk into my heart, and I was like, I, you know, I got to do something. And I, and I believe the first time I found out about a pastor who was just not being, I would, I would just say, being maltreated, and you can kind of dream about what, what that might mean. I just felt like I had to do something. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I've been, uh, you know, what we senior pastor type do: we go and ask for money from people for mm -hmm. things we wanted to get have to get done. So mm -hmm. I've been asking people for funds, whether they are members of the church or, or not. And I just believe that we need to do a better job caring for each other mm -hmm. and um, be empowered to do those things. Mm -hmm. Like right on your, on Paul's arm. Give the staff a raise. At these gatherings and, and things, uh, do, do you have a hot dish? Any hot dishes? Paul, um, Paul's big into hot dish. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm not really a Lutheran pastor. I do not drink coffee. I do not play golf, and I do not eat hot dish. Well, I don't eat hot dish. I don't drink beer, and I don't. Hey, well, uh, sorry. I don't. Uh, Le left on that one there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sorry. Um, so what God's pressing on my heart in an increasing pace is how do we take care of our the retired pastors. Mm. And I was thankful that Perry recognized today. This is Perry Freeling. Perry Freeling. Yeah. Recognized today for anyone, any pastor who's just retired, please stand to be recognized. Mm -hmm. I believe that needs to happen. We need to um, encourage more of that to happen. And I believe that they're the way, 
there, there likely are a number of pastors who are retiring who need a different pace of a church mm-hmm. and can serve in um, those places or help in those places where some pastoral presence is needed in some way. And so I think, I think that, that group of people needs to be fostered. And I've been prayerful about beginning a, um, a fellowship or a district for retired pastors and spouses um, every retired pastor I talk to says to me, that's great, count me in when you, when you organize it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm still not a retired guy yet, you know? So I'm like, is this, so, but that's been something pressing on my heart. How do we care for pastors who are retired? Mm-hmm. When, and how, and this pre-retirement tr- retreat, one thing is to help them go into the process of retiring in a far healthier way. Yeah, very good. It is a, uh, having take, taken the pre-retirement retreat, it's an excellent retreat. I, I, I want to just put a plug in for it because I know you do it annually uh, or you've been doing it annually. Yeah. Um, uh, just for, for pastors who aren't even near it because right. there's so much helpful information. You, you, you put together a great, great program. And I just yeah. think uh, it's one of those things that uh, should be thought about sooner than later because, uh, again, uh, the, there's not much danger of being overpaid in the church, and at least not in LCMC. <laughs> and uh, no. uh, it's good for us to be keeping that in mind. And, and, again, being a part of an affiliation, again, there there's no safety net or anything like that. We do this. Volu- this, this is something yeah. you do voluntarily, uh, John, and I'm, uh, I'm so blessed that you're volunteering to, to step in. It's a classic example of what LCMC is about. Yeah, I think, and you pray with – and you all here in the circle would agree with this, I believe, that I, I think we're all um, trailblazers mm-hmm. because there's the church, the association of churches is still very young. Yes. And so we are still trailblazers. We're just finding new ways to express ourselves. And and as as you know, as I said at that gathering, I said, no one's asked me to do this. And, and more importantly to me, no one's asked me not to do this. No, that's my favorite <laughs> line. No one asked you not to do it. <laughs> no. that's great. And, and, and so I just think, I just think we're trail, I think we're trailblazers yeah. that we have opportunities. We see that God places on our heart and our mind and we, you know, can't shake it. We got to do something about it. And there's, you know, I mean, I, you know, a hero of mine is a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you can analyze this if you want, but was Daniel Boone. I mean, mm-hmm. he just was off he went. And mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit of how we operate now as a church. We're still finding our way. We mm-hmm. haven't, there's a lot of things we haven't even formalized yet. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of pieces that we still have to discover. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure there's some things I've <laughs> missed in these last 18 months that we should have discovered, <laughs> but others, others have discovered and decided that this is something we have to pursue. This is something that's necessary. This is important, and God's placed it on my heart, and I think I can resource it, and let's go for it. So okay, That's fantastic. So, And I bet you are encouraging folks along the way as well. We sure trying. Mm-hmm. We're trying, absolutely. Yeah, so. All right. Well, John, thank you for, for coming on with us for a little while. Um, uh, it's, again, it's Pastor John Nelson at Hosanna Lutheran Church in St. Charles, Illinois. Where can the folks find you if if they want to find you online? Or, well, you can. I'm an email guy, <laughs> so very clever. Pastor John, J O H N at Hosanna Church dot com. Okay. So I would www.hosannachurch.com. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect that might be able to get them there too. Yep. You bet. Yeah. You okay. Bet. So All right. You'll, they'll, you'll find your way that way. But uh, call or stop by. And um, be happy to see you. So excellent. Well, thank you good. so much.
All right. Thanks. You bet. Hey, thanks God for doing you, this. Take You're care. great. Real you good. Bet. Excellent. Thank thanks. You. you bet. You bet. Bye. All right. Thank you, Pastor John, for taking the time to visit with us. In just a minute, we're going to visit with Pastor Paul Finley. But before we get to that, I wanted to take a minute to remind you that you can find that podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, whether that is Google, Apple, CastBox, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, just search for that podcast, Atonement Fargo. You'll find us. You can subscribe. You'll get the latest episodes every time they drop. Uh, You can also find us on YouTube. Same thing. Go to YouTube and search for Atonement Fargo, that podcast, or that podcast, Atonement Fargo. You'll find us. Hey, subscribe to uh, to our YouTube channel. Ring the, ring the bell. You'll be able to get all the latest content from Atonement Fargo, whether that is the latest episode of that podcast or um, worship services, Bible studies, all sorts of great content there at YouTube that podcast, Atonement Fargo, or just Atonement Fargo, you'll find it all there. Like and subscribe, and you will be able to get all the latest content. So, now, Pastor Paul Finley. So, hey everybody, we are joined by Paul Finley of, what? Which? what's the name of your church, Paul? I'm sorry. King of Glory Lutheran in Tempe, Arizona. Tempe, Arizona. And the occasion of this podcast is the LC, not the LCMC annual gathering here in columbus ohio or should we say hilliard well we are in hilliard we are in hilliard yes this is the is this the unofficial we are in fact the unofficial uh, podcast of lcmc annual gathering one day they'll recognize the way the truth and the life and let us be the (laughs) official one but until such time we'll simply be the unofficial one we're it's sort of like the pirate radio broadcasting (laughs) from the anti-aircraft platforms in the english channel we're kind of doing that now all right that well that sounds good so uh, as as you can hear uh uh that podcast listeners we are joined by pastor paul cross as well as uh, Pastor Paul Finley. So, Paul, what's been going on at uh, uh, at your church over the last year and a half here? Yeah, well, thanks for the uh, ask. Thanks for the introduction, uh, invitation to be part of this. Uh, I feel like I should probably give a little bit of background as to why I'm associating with you guys. Sure. Because, uh, <laughs> why you're associating with him, for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> for for better or for worse, I've had the uh, relationship of association with Paul Cross for 20 years wow. now. It certainly wasn't for rich or for poor, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I served as Paul's intern in Savage, uh, that savage place south of the river in mm-hmm. uh, Minneapolis, uh, 20 years ago. And uh, and when when once a minion, always a minion, mm-hmm. they say. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've heard some I've heard some uh, Paulisms from you in the last uh, little while. Well, they they do say that God alone is awesome. Yep. They they said it right from the stage. Yeah, uh, from the stage at LCMC. <laughs> yes, they I I believe Brandon was feeling the hot breath of the law. He was being accused. Yep. Absolutely. As, as Pastor DJ would say, he he was accused. <laughs> That's what the law does. It accuses us. But uh having survived my year with Paul, I was fortunate to be blessed with with what I what I sought, and that is what the contents of his pen. You know, he starts out the year of internship holding up a pen, and he says, Now, Paul, what you want is in here. And that is his signature on my 
uh, endorsement papers going into my senior year of seminary. <laughs> so he'll hold up the pen and remind you that this, this the, the pen is mightier. And uh, until you have that on a piece of paper, you are not yet approved for <laughs> a continuation in your seminary education. This is something new that I didn't know. <laughs> it's just the truth. That's all. <laughs> there, are, there are ample witnesses. I can hardly deny it. <laughs> but uh, I, I was blessed to receive the, uh, the signature, the contents of that pen on my uh, approval papers and, and have now gone on to serve for... 17 years? 17 wow. years and uh, two children later. Calls, uh, three, three calls over two states and mm -hmm. uh, going strong. But I've been uh, in Tempe, Arizona for five and a half years now. Okay. And uh, again, not only does the pen allow my introduction into ministry, but then the, the resources of Paul's mentorship continue your entire ordained call. Uh, again, for better or for worse. Uh but that's not to say that that a minion always heeds the advice of uh, <laughs> of the master. And their fault to and their loss. Uh, what size of church is that? You know, it, you know, s size matters not. They say uh, because uh, you know sizes. Uh, sounded suspiciously like a Yoda kind. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an it's an older concept of uh, measuring success of a church. I think no, you no, know, no. Just just to just give a number, butts just, just and to bucks. But uh, we're 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 averaging, I would say, about 185 in in person worship now, and around 125 to 150 in online worship. Um, but what I've, that's post COVID, and and I think a lot of people are. Are recognizing that uh, we haven't fully recovered from COVID, and many mm -hmm. people are not yet returned to in-person worship. But also, some people are never going to. I think that there were some trends at work in the world with people pulling away from their participation in the local congregation, and uh, for various reasons. Uh, one is uh, a sense of disconnect or irrelevance that they're losing not new losing their faith so much, but losing, maybe being disillusioned in the value and role that the local congregation plays. Um, that's a that's a disconcerting challenge and one that I, I don't want to simply surrender to and say it's a foregone conclusion uh, because I, I like to think that not there's something missing in our lives when we disconnect from community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can watch worship services online. You can read your Bible. You can pray every day. And I hope people are, mm -hmm. but not in place of public gathering together. I mean, the word church is by definition communal. Mm -hmm. it, it is, you know, it is not, there's no such thing as a church of one. Um, but, uh, when we ask, you know, how, how many people are in our church, we have over a thousand members on paper, you know, okay. and, and that's great. That's that's a the the large crowds. Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, had his thousands, but then he also had the 500 mm -hmm. and then he had the 77 and then he had the 12 and then within the 12, he had the three. Right. You know, so it's, uh, Jesus ministry um, uh, grew in in. Uh, exponential circles outward and and i think every local congregation has those levels of the core the committed core who are n they're not going to go anywhere mm -hmm. until jesus comes back again and uh and beyond that then you have the crowd and then you have you know the the periphery and 
Um, it every parish is uh, is a group of people that are we're called to shepherd, we're called to serve, whether mm. they're in person or online. From a distance, we can be a certain blessing. We can bless in more ways, up close and personal, and uh, we're just doing the best to make the most of what we can do with the circumstances being what they are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it it has been a challenge, and you're right about uh, there may be people who who just don't come back and and uh, not that they fall away from the faith, but you know just w- watch online. It's it's easy to it's easy to get up and stay in your jammies in the morning, especially where Paul and I are from in North Dakota. I mm. mean, there's some some cold days where you'd rather just not go. That's fact. I tell Rhonda that every Sunday. <laughs> 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 Say, Paul, what's the biggest surprise? Uh, from a positive perspective that you've experienced uh, in your congregation over the last 18 months? What's the thing that surprised you in a positive way? Well, for one, I've been surprised by how readily people have responded to the technology of online viewership of worship. Uh, You know, not... Not to make a, a negative generalization, but there, there's a sense that sometimes uh, the older we are, the less accessible certain types of technology becomes. Uh, you know, Paul, you have mm-hmm. uh, referred to yourself in my hearing at times as a Luddite. A Luddite, that's correct. A, a Luddite. But I don't I've think I've heard that I've, either. I've never referred myself as old, though. I think this mm-hmm. conversation needs to start up something about old. <laughs> I, I don't know that I've con- <laughs> that it was old. So uh, to to others who might <laughs> feel also similarly technical technologically uh, luddites, uh, I think the technology has come to a place of cultural um, accessibility now. That when many churches flipped the switch to online viewership, whether it be through Facebook uh, Live or YouTube or Vimeo or whatever, um, it's actually it's actually been received well by a large chunk of our congregation who now see, oh, yes, uh, I can watch services and feel connected. And that's an important uh, distinction that in the past, um, I had a conversation with my staff about, imagine if this pandemic had happened even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The, the technology for video streaming was not there no. 10 years ago. I mean, YouTube existed, but it was you know, 30 second videos, not 10 minute videos, not hour long videos, um, and certainly not the broadcasting or bandwidth uh, needs to be able to make that possible. So uh, in a way, I think we can trust God's grace foresaw this season that the church and the world would go through, that the technology is now there to make it more uh, accessible for the ministry to continue in a different form. And I think that is the, the, the blessing, is a reminder that the gospel transcends uh, formats and mediums. And the gospel will be proclaimed uh, in whatever forms are available for it to be proclaimed. But sometimes we have to get over th- limiting the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the past, I think we would have, there would have been some judgmentalism about online worship uh, and such when you know certainly it, it pre-existed the pandemic and some people chose that but there was more judgment against that and uh, but when we recognize that that's the only way that we can worship right now 
people see that the, the gospel molds into the medium and and transcends the medium and uh, and the ministry continues on so we've been humbled we've had to learn some lessons in flexibility and letting go of control um, you know following the spirit and mm-hmm. uh, rem- getting back to basics about what our ministry is all about yeah it um, um, the online thing I agree with you that uh, it, it may not have gone over, but now that it's here, like we said a little bit ago, it won't go away. But I think it, you know, um, it'll benefit uh, like people like um, young moms or dads who, um, you know, the kid is sick today. We mm-hmm. can't make it in, you know, yep. rather than like when my kids were little, it would be just be, well, which one of us isn't going to go to church today? Right. And and now the whole family can go or one can go in person and, and the others online. So I think it's great. And, I, and it's great that uh, that your congregation is blessed to be able to do it. Um, I think that there were a lot uh, who were not able to do it or, you know, mm-hmm. didn't have the means to do it. So I think that's great. Um Switching gears a little bit, uh, what are, what uh, is your your takeaway from the conference or the the gathering this uh, this week? This has been a, an exceptional gathering, first and foremost, because there was a somewhat of a gathering last year, but it was very limited in scope, and m- many people who normally attend these, including myself, did not attend last year. Uh, so it just feels like uh, you know a, a homecoming to to reconnect with people that I haven't seen in two years. Um, These LCMC gatherings have always been uh, relationally rewarding. Um, I value the collegiality that we have among the clergy and leaders in the LCMC. Uh, There's there's a lot of sincere love and support for one another, recognizing we're we're all just fellow servants and on the same team working in mission for Christ Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so this is great. Also, I've already met some new new pastors and, and new people, and I always love making new connections. Uh, we have had just e- each one of the keynote speakers so far has has been unique and brought something different and unexpected and uh, very rewarding. Uh, so some wonderful talks. They're all available, archived on the LCMC website. I encourage anyone hearing this to go check it out, lcmc.net and uh, click on the uh, 2021 National Gathering link and uh, it's listen in, make, listen, make each one of those a podcast and, uh, and be blessed as well. Yeah, they, they have been really good. Um, so in today's, you know, the, today's day and age, we're able to connect and, and um, connect with other congregations for that support and, and stuff that you were talking about. How many LCMC congregations are there nearby you? Do you have a lot in Arizona there? Yeah, Arizona actually has a, a pretty healthy number. I I want to guess 13 or 14 congregations in Arizona. Now, that, that's a pretty wide spread. Uh, I'm in the, the greater Phoenix metro area, but uh, we have congregations uh, that come from n- northern Arizona and uh, Su- Tucson to the south. Uh, so we try to get together once a month for a clergy gathering. We usually have lunch and uh, check in with each other and, and support one another. And uh, being in the Phoenix area, they're usually held in the Phoenix area, so I usually only have to drive about half an hour to participate. But some 
drive two to three hours to be there. And that, that really speaks to the value of the relationships that they would make such a commitment. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, it, everyone being spread out can feel very much like an, an isolated outpost. We, apart from those uh, clergy gatherings, we don't have a lot of um, interconnectedness programmatically. I'd like to see more done in shared ministry if if some creative ideas came out of what we could do but there's uh, certainly a lot of um, encouragement of each other to because we're all you know facing similar challenges of uh, you know increasing secularization of our culture and declining resources and aging congregations and aging facilities and all of that takes money and you know but uh when we keep the focus on the mission, why do we do what we do? I think that helps everyone persevere. And, you know, the, the provision comes when we focus on mission instead of our need. Mm-hmm. So, um, Paul, do you, do you have any? Uh, there, are, there are 22. 22? 22 congregations of Lutheran congregations yes. in Mission for Christ yes. in Arizona. 22. 22. I think there's, is there 28 in North Dakota? There are 24 in 24. North Dakota. There are 24 in North Dakota. Uh, North Dakota is actually a little on the sparse side for the upper Midwest because South Dakota has 44. Uh, Iowa, sorry, Gail, uh, has <laughs> 66. Uh, Wisconsin has 58. And, of course, as I've said many times and many places, mm-hmm. Minnesota is the place where Lutherans are most dense. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think that I meant something else? There are a lot of them there. There are 109 congregations of Lutheran congregations in Mission for Christ wow. in uh, the North Star State. So just to kind of let you know, that's how that works out. I almost feel like somebody in Iowa should go out tomorrow and plant a new congregation just so that Iowa doesn't have to have the uh, the misnomer of having uh, 66 congregations. It just doesn't sit well from a biblical standpoint. <laughs> It's fine, Paul. Trust me. It's fine. Uh, or maybe uh, that it, says fine. it all. It's fine. No, I, I was a fine place. My mother was born in Iowa. I'm putting my hand over my heart. As I said, she was born in Waterloo. Uh, nevertheless, uh, Paul, we are glad that you've been honest with us. And uh, uh, we look forward to talking to other congregations. But we're glad the people of, uh, of uh, King of Glory in Tempe, Arizona, have been represented well by you, Paul. Thanks Thank for being you, with us Paul. today. I wouldn't be who I am today without you. Oh, my. There you go. That's frightening to think about. That's <laughs> indeed. And truly it is. Well, uh, thank you. And, Ryan, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time. It was it was good to have you on, and uh, uh, we'll we'll move on to the next. We'll move on. That's right. We're hoping so. We uh, we'll we'll see you then, and 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 God bless you for each and every one of you for being here today. All right. Thank you, Paul, so much for taking the time to visit with us. That is it for part two of our three-part series from the 2021 LCMC Annual Gathering in Hilliard, Ohio. And just a reminder that if you are looking for a place to worship this Sunday, if you're in the Fargo-Moorhead area, you can go to 4601 South University Drive in Fargo. You can join us at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Same deal online, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. At 9, we have a tradition service. At 10.30 a.m., we have our modern service. You can find us at atonementfargo.org. You can find us at atonement.live, or you can go to YouTube and search Atonement Fargo. You will find those services and past services as well. 
Also, if you want to submit a question or a comment, you can do that at atonementfargo.org, atonement.live, or thatpodcast.net. We appreciate all the feedback, the questions. We love it. Keep them coming. And until next time, my name is Ryan Janke. Join us next time for another riveting episode of That Podcast.